Welcome to Between Alpha and Omega. I'm your host, Tim Farr, and with me I have my illustrious succulent panel. Ooh. Ooh. Succulent. I think succulent. one of us is succulent and the other one is illustrious. I think that's what <laughs> Which one's which, Which though? one's which, though? <laughs> it's for the listeners to decide. Listeners, please decide. Help us end this debate. If it was a debate, I have no idea. With me I have Drew. Drew, say hello. Hello. And I have Curtis. Curtis. Hello. Hey, we're all here. So, how's your week going? What's going on? Oh, it wasn't bad. I got to sleep in on Friday because we were supposed to have this dreadful ice storm that never actually really came to be anything. That's what I got. Yeah. I, I left at like half day because everyone's kept whispering about the big weather thing. And I'm like, they're going to release us or not. And I'm like, nah, I'm just <laughs> leaving. <laughs> Deuce. I was at work all day on Friday Ooh. because even if there was a crazy ice storm, my former boss don't give no fucks. And he says, you going to stay and you going to work. Uh, even, I mean, it was important for me to be there. It was the last day of my career at this particular company. And it was the first day that the new guy was able to make it into work. And so I had to, uh, air quotes here, train him as much as I could in one day. So I packed three years worth of experience and knowledge into his face in eight hours. And I guarantee you he doesn't know anything still. He probably retained 1% of that. Yeah. 1%. Three yeah. days. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is I would show him how to do something, and I would I would make him do it. And literally right after I would show him how to do it, he still had no idea how to do it. Perfect. So. <laughs> Gotta love that. Either he's smoking too much, <laughs> which I know he wasn't smoking during the day. Sure. So, but did he seem like the type? Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. You know, the type. The type. Them. <laughs> glaring at me. <laughs> no, but uh, he he seems like he's capable. It's just a really difficult job to learn. There's so many facets within this type of business. And uh, <clears throat> I gave him my phone number I shouldn't have because I know he's going to start hitting me up. Yeah, that was a mistake. But I was trying to be the nice guy because I know how hard it was for me when I started. So... Well, at least you had someone, or you actually went out to train him. Yeah. Some jobs are just like, here you go. Right. Have fun. Cool, well, that's thanks. always the worst, you know? Like, right. even if you don't have any, any experience in that particular field, like, if you've been doing something that's related to it, it doesn't mean you know what, what you're supposed to be doing in your new position. They're just like, okay, here you, here you go. Here you you go. must be an expert. Uh, my job... Is so complicated that it requires six months worth of training for right. any new hires on top of like a two week intro to the facility and the history of the facility and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. So is it really that complicated or like is it the federal government not being able to train properly? It is really that complicated. Hmm. If I were to show you what I would have to know, it would fill up like a lot. Oh yeah, descriptive. <laughs> descriptive. So we're, I was trying so to we're think talking of... like an eight by nine. Or, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> think of like the entire Encyclopedia Britannica, and that's the like I all of the series. Mm -hmm. That's what I have to learn. Okay. Like the web page is a, a couple thousand pages of just information that you got to know how to do your job. Yeah. Like I don't know everything. I just do it. I mean, they trained me how to do my job in two weeks and. They were like, you're doing so good. You're better than any other new hire we've ever had. And I was like, I just clicked buttons. Like, you guys showed me what to do. And 
I, I kind of was like that too. And there's people that still struggle with it that have been there for like years. And I'm like, really? This is what you do. You also have to remember there's a lot of really stupid people out there. <laughs> sure. For sure. And I don't think any of us fit into that category. I might be close, but. Borderline dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm intelligent, but I can be real dumb. Right. Everybody has their moments where they're really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I just happen to have like a lot of common sense that makes me appear smarter than I actually am. Really helps to have common sense. Right. <laughs> I'm actually kind of uh, dumber than a rock, but I have a lot of common sense. So I thought rocks were smart. Yes. So everyone's dumber than a rock, right? I have no idea. Okay. Every moss, whatever that expression is. <laughs> Every moss or whatever that expression is. The Rolling Stone yes. collects no moss. Is thank, that what you're thank you. shooting for? Okay. Yeah. It's going to be one of those pods. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Or Tim did you start drinking today? <laughs> this is my first beer, actually. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, I'm not drinking mine because I left it upstairs, but we're currently uh, tasting Mother's Brewery Step Dude. American lager. The people in Springfield are going to be hooting and hollering. Yeah, just our half listener. Yeah, that is in Springfield. Yeah, the average half listener that we have yeah. in Springfield, Missouri. Hi. That's not on crystal meth. <laughs> Curtis has a point. <laughs> I lived there for two years. It's a very real thing. I bet. I've only visited Springfield a couple of times. Dude, There's, Springfield sucks. There's nothing to do there. I, I, like I said, I've only visited. I've never actually been there. You know what? It's funny. The When I went to go visit Nick in Bloomington, Illinois, mm-hmm. I literally, I, the moment that we entered, I was like, this is Springfield. Just this is Springfield. That, it just has that feel of Springfield, but yeah. probably no crystal meth. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, Something's uh, floating around there that's not good. I don't <laughs> no, know if it's think, crystal meth. No, but. I think there's a lot of uh, weed fields out in that area. So they're <laughs> well, all probably high. Yeah. Which is much better than being high on crystal meth. For sure. <laughs> yeah. If you could, if you choose between tweakers and potheads, I take potheads every oh, yeah. day of the week. Well, because tweakers will steal your shit. Yeah. You know, potheads are <laughs> and like, like be cool nice about shit. it. They'll be nice about it too. Yeah. They'll steal your shit. Yeah. Oh, good. This is where we're headed. Yeah, drugs. Drugs. Mm-hmm. We're talking about drugs today. No, we're not. No, we're not. No. No one asked me how my week has gone. Hey, Tim, how was your week? <laughs> it was implied. It was implied. The, Obviously, we were going to ask you. Obviously. Yeah. Hey, so, Tim. <laughs> let's just throw in some more dead air on this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm editing all that out. Sure. Um, my week. Uh, so the whole launching of the website has been kind of fascinating. Writing these blogs and seeing my feedback and what people are saying about it. And even launching the podcast has been fun to hear You know, people listen to it and give them their thoughts. I had an interesting conversation with someone that... I would never thought of would even entertain the idea of listening to the podcast. So that was kind of fun. Hopefully I can get them on the show. That would be incredible. And hell would probably freeze over and it would be awesome. I was talking to my ex-wife to be on the show. I was going to say, you're you're talking to Heather? Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully she listens. I'll go distract your parents. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look over here. Nothing to see here. you again? Don't worry. Just look over there. (laughs) If my parents found out, they would have a heart attack. Do they like casseroles? <laughs> I don't know. They're Who old. Who doesn't like casseroles? Well, first of all, they're old and retired. Good point. And also, they're old. So oh, like I was thinking old. maybe be like, "Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Farr, I brought this casserole over. Let's sit down and have some casserole." 
<laughs> while she comes over here. And well, you, like you and can... I just go over there like shit faced with yeah. casserole. <laughs> with casserole. Like, hey. Hey. What, what kind would you bring? This is important. Uh, so actually in that little cookbook that I had for the vegan dumplings Vegan today, casserole? Uh, there's actually a vegan mac and cheese that I'm going to try and make. Dude, that sounds... I, mean, I don't care what it is. It's mac and cheese. It's a pumpkin mac and cheese. Hmm. So it's risque. It's risque. Okay. I'm, gonna I'm not try a pumpkin it. guy, but maybe... I'm not a pumpkin guy either, but I'm going to give it a shot. All right. Because, like, mac and cheese sounds delicious. Yeah, mac and cheese. Yeah. I mean, come on. How can you mess up mac and cheese? I hate mac and cheese. Well, you don't really like cheese you? that much. Yeah, I'm not a big cheese person. Mm. Mm. I know. We all have our faults. Yeah. Like, Tim's one of those guys that gets chili. Like, when he makes chili, it's just meat. Yeah. And he never puts cheese in it. No. That's fair, but you put beans and... I do nope. put beans in it. You just, do? Just very little beans. Like half a can. Yeah, maybe. Well, I usually like one can of beans to like a whole bunch of meat. <laughs> it's like, put... here, let me put some pepper in my meat. Those are just beans. <laughs> you you, uh, do you put sour cream in your chili? I can. Okay. See, that's you, just you sinful to me. To put sour cream in chili? Sinful. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. See, you... personally, I don't like sour cream at all. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I don't. So... Sour cream's not a thing I ever spring for. Right. If it's <laughs> you there, just get that... a tub of sour cream. Mm. But if it's there, <laughs> if it's there, you're gonna put it in it. Yeah. Yeah. See, well, like, I've always hated I've... sour cream. I don't so... think I've ever actually bought sour cream. Okay. So, but if it's there, I'm gonna eat it. Kind of like pickles. Okay. Like I don't like pickles, but. Like, if you go to Popeye's or if you go to Chick-fil-A, their chicken sandwiches have pickles on it. And I don't take the pickles off. Right. I enjoy those pickles, but I never buy pickles. Yeah. See, like, when I go to Taco Bell and I know something has sour cream on it, I have to have it removed. Hmm. I mean, See, I'm maybe... Just too, I'm just too lazy. Yeah. That's like this whole, like, I'm going vegan, but, like, if I get to, like, a party or something and there's, like, nothing, like, it's all just meat, I'm still going to eat. Yeah. I'm still probably hungry and... Right. Or we'll get hungry at some point. So Right, because veganism isn't necessarily a moral decision for you no, at this point. It's just a diet. Yeah. So makes sense. It's all about the health for me. I need to get healthy again. What is healthy? Ugh. I'm the, <laughs> probably the heaviest I've ever been in my entire life. Me too. I really need to work on that. And so yeah, the the whole website stuff has been kind of cool to interact with some people and talk to and I wrote a blog about my car just because I wanted to. Yep. Um and the next story I'm going to writing about is Terry the farmer, and it's about the story how I almost died in the middle of nowhere and how this guy saved me. That was pretty cool. But I wanted to lead it up with talking about my car because my car is kind of the yeah. backstory of that. And just the other day, I went to a gas station on Doherty Ferry and uh, wherever that was in 270. Went to the gas station as a kid. He was probably in his 20s. So it was just like floored about my car and wanted to talk about my car and oh my dad had a gt and like 20 minutes later i'm like i want to go now (laughs) (laughs) just talking about my car and it's been really interesting how many people stop me and say hey what's this car looks a little different tell me about it and just interactions i've had with people with my car so i wanted to write about it got like 10 views and i'm like everyone hates my car <laughs> I didn't expect a lot of people to read about my car anyway, but yeah. that was more of a Tim wants to do whatever he wants to do. Right. Yeah, but this new the newest one I'm working on should be more interesting. 
And so that should be up. I think it's going to look out to be every first Thursday, I'm going to probably do an episode with just me or a guest and then main show, second Thursday, blog, third Thursday, main show, fourth Thursday. It's probably going to be the general schedule okay. of everything. <clears throat> so that'll be fun. So like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, say that you hate us, but leave us five stars. That'd be great. Yeah. You, you can say suck five stars. <laughs> you suck well. Here's yeah. <laughs> your five stars. So today's topic, uh, the episode is go to church question mark, and it's more of a conversation about why or why don't you go to church? What what keeps you from going to church? And kind of just having a constant faith. Um, a little bit piggybacking on what we talked about last week with gatekeeping in the church, and we kind of delved into that a little bit about saying these are the reasons why I don't go to church. So I wanted to go more deeper into that conversation, like why do you or don't you go to church? At least for me, I don't want to try and break into another friend group. I've had the same friends, like anyone that's really close with me, I've been friends with for 15 years. And anytime I've tried to go to a church, it's just hard to break into the groups a lot, especially when... I choose to do things in my life like drink and smoke and they're I just have the stigma that I feel like they're going to be judging me for it the whole time and they're not actually going to get to know me and they're just going to kind of put me off to the side. Right. I've experienced that before at one big church that we all <laughs> will not mention. But <laughs> that we've mentioned previously. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Some people will know. But yeah, I've had that experience where I came to someone and said, hey, this is kind of what I'm struggling with back when I was still questioning, like, do I want to drink and live this sinful lifestyle? And basically I got shoved aside by someone that I thought I could count on. And that was kind of at that point, I was like, well, I'm going to do this sinful lifestyle thing for a bit. And I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I've made a lot of friends. 15 years later. <laughs> 15 years later. Has it, it, it's been longer than 15 years. It has to be. Uh, no, I was like 17 when new life crumbled. So it wouldn't even be 15 years. It's more like 12 or 13 years. Oh, I'm talking like when we all met. Uh, Well, yeah. I think we met. I started going in 2001 to that church. Wasn't that ridiculous? Yeah, somewhere between 15 and 20 years is when we all met, like sporadically. I was in seventh grade the first time I came <sighs> as a visitor. I'm so old. <laughs> I mean, I started going to that church when I was in second grade. Right. Right. Yeah, you were there before. Mm-hmm. And I kind of came in, like, right after Nick did, or right around the same time. Right around the same time, yeah. Yeah. And then the Urbans came later. Yeah. Yeah, because Nick was, other Nick, Nurban was, like, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. I don't even think he was that old. Maybe 13. I, I think he I was mean, 13. Because, like I said, the first time I came, I was, like, in seventh grade. Right. So I would have been 12 or 13. Because they had a problem with Brooklyn, no one would accept Brooklyn. Yeah. For her, whatever you want to, extreme ADHD or whatever. You mean Elizabeth? Yeah, Elizabeth. I was going to say, because Brooklyn was a little Yeah, I meant, I mean, I said Brooklyn, but I meant Elizabeth. No one would accept her in the youth group because she was so Elizabeth. Yeah, she's just Elizabeth. (laughs) That's the only way to put it. What was she ever diagnosed with? She's never been officially diagnosed with one thing in particular. She has a mixture of many mental illnesses. She's literally like one in a million people that has what she has. That's kind of a weird, difficult situation. Right. You know? And uh, that is kind of weird, thinking about that. I never thought about that, that Elizabeth was never accepted into a group. I didn't think about that. But 
that makes sense, and it's unfortunate. But I remember them talking to our youth pastor at the time, like, oh yeah, totally, whatever she needs to do, let her do it. Right. She would run around in the back room or run around outside. And you wouldn't think that she was listening, but she, she always is. Always listening. Yep. She called me out one time, and it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, lots of memories there. Yeah. I went. I had a chance to go back to that church. It is so different and wild being back in that building. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird. Is there anyone there? There's like forty people there. Okay. But probably no one from when no, we were there. No one. I mean, it's a completely new church mm-hmm. now, not even, like, the same lineage. Right. Wasn't it the whole AG thing that pushed everybody out and lying about stuff? I was in the know um, because I was kind of, like, another volunteer staff member at that point, so I kind of knew what was going on at the time. Um, and what it was is that the bylaws were written in a way that suggested that the church was AG. So, like, okay. it had an AG background. Like, we were always supported by the AG. However, the pastors and people leading it were like, nah, and became more non-denominational. Right. So then when we finally got a pastor hired, he was from the AG and was like, what are we doing? We're taking money from the AG to support ourselves. We should be AG. And the church was like, nah. So then it kind of imploded from there. I remember that whole, I don't call it the town hall, I guess, where everyone was pretty much telling like, the pastor like don't do that that's not it's not wise and then seven days later no one was there right well i've always said he made the right decision but the wrong decision yeah yeah he needed the to make the church identity and have an identity he just chose the wrong one yeah so that's why you curtis don't go to church anymore Uh, would that be fair not necessarily because that church failed it was just when i tried to go to other churches it wasn't as welcoming and supportive as the group that i had come to know at new life you were a pretty tight-knit family too yeah. yeah what about you drew well after i graduated high school like church wasn't really consistent for me um i just made the choice i mean i was living in a different place than my hometown and i didn't really know anybody and the church groups that I was trying to attend while I was in college were not very accepting. And just, I mean, there there's plenty of people that I knew from my hometown there, but they just weren't interested in reigniting a relationship with someone from someone back home. That was the big thing that <clears throat> started my kind of bitterness towards church as an organization. And then moved here, started going to church, and uh, it was fine. But then uh, one of my family members that was on staff made a mistake, and I got lumped into that bullshit. And apparently I made the same mistake that he did, so then everyone just stopped talking to me. And I was like, okay, I don't really need any of you people anyways. So church completely stopped after that for me. And then my wife and I got married. We go to church every once in a while. It's not, like, really consistent. I want to be more consistent about it because the place that we're at right now, I actually really do enjoy, but there's still always little things that I wish I could change, but I don't know if it's really on me to try and make those changes. So we'll see. We'll see. I had actually taken a break. Yeah. Then too, I had left dealing with my separation and then later divorce, but then there was like an underground church here that I was leading. I think you came a few times. Yeah. 
and I think you, Curtis, came a few times as well. Yep. Yeah, so all that stuff happened here and went down and then kind of imploded, and then I sauntered back into that church. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. no one knew that I was leading this underground thing. Right. So why don't you go to church, Tim? <laughs> My situation is a situation. <clears throat> why I stopped going this last time in this summer was I found myself completely upside down with the fire and putting things together and there was some weird stuff going on that I didn't really agree with and I really don't want to get into it but there's this weird stuff and I'm trying to figure out my whole life again because when your house catches on fire it's just like here's a bunch of money have fun rebuilding everything and buying everything and I'm like cool I now have to cram 30 or you know 20 years into a month so I can have my stuff back and live again. And so that was really kind of complicated and hard when you're given like a check for several grand to be like, buy your stuff again. Cool. And you got to figure out what you do want to replace, what you don't care to replace. and What I can't replace. A lot of my stuff I could not have replaced. Like I had a lot of Nintendo stuff and PlayStation stuff, a lot of video games and stuff I didn't care about anymore, like my comics. But I lost a lot of my religion books that I had through college. I lost all of my college books. Just losing all the stuff that I'm like, I, I can buy this stuff back, but I really don't want to. So just being completely upside down with that. And there was some other stuff going on. And I was like, you know what? I, I just, I need a break. And then I started meditating and taking my car out and thinking for hours about what is my next step? What is the next step in my life? Because I could go back to that church and have that family again and be there. But I don't know. There's something that kind of clicked in me that went, I, I want to try something new. I want to start writing on my own. I want to start doing this podcast. I want to start having my own voice instead of going back to the same old, same old. Not that I won't go back. I may go back. I don't I don't know. I haven't had those conversations yet. And part of it is like you're, what you're saying and getting back into a new, new friend group. And I'm 34 years old, single, mm-hmm. and I'm, was a pastor. And I have all this stuff. And just to start over again is like, cool cool i don't i can't sit on my hands anymore i can't just sit down in a church and kind of enjoy things where i want to fix everything yeah, like where you're overanalyzing everything that's going on inside the church right and i know that's that's a me problem that's uh something i need to fix within myself but it's almost uncontrollable where like i i want to do something so that's why i bought a website and started a blog and why we're in my basement recording because it's me wanting to do something and seeing what's new um i don't want to go back and do the same thing that i've always done even though i kind of do want to go back and do the same thing i always have done because there's merit in that yeah just in a different venue i think maybe i don't know i I love those people that i left um i miss those people that i left but at the same time it's like Uh, maybe not venue maybe what i meant to say was different medium yeah yeah i mean a podcast allows me to have um unfiltered conversations with crazy people like, I could never talk to Heather Mack's wife <laughs> in front of other people, but on a podcast. Oh, yeah. We could probably talk. Um, and, and stuff like uh, Ryan, your friend Ryan Freeman, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That's uh, bring him on the podcast would be fun. Um, and Nick Urban, you know, just having conversations like these. So, yeah, that's kind of why, in a nutshell, I haven't gone 
Uh, I did church hop a little bit. Then again, it goes to, I, I just, I have something in me that can't, I can't control. Even when I was going to that church, um, they have like a young adult thing. <laughs> I kind of laughed at him like, I'm an old adult now. I'm no longer a young <laughs> I adult. I into old adulthood. <laughs> I'm 34. I'm going to be 35. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can come. And I almost became like de facto leader where they want to like look at me and speak because I'm older. And I'm like, that's fine, but this is also my second week here. Yeah. And I <laughs> Maybe don't want... you guys just need to have a little bit more chill. <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to take over. And you're, like, handing me the keys already. And I'm like, mm, but I just want to get to know you. I guess I'll lead. And I never had gone back. So. <laughs> <laughs> then they put up a sign that was like, ugh, really? Put up a sign. Yeah, their little LCD sign that they have in the front. Oh, they got a freaking message board? A digital message board? Yeah, they did. Nice. What did it say on there? What made you... Uh... Oh, it said, please pray for Trump. Oh. Mm. And I'm like, that's not the Bible. It says, please pray for your leadership. Like, the fact that they just put Trump is making a statement in itself. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> just pray for right. the leadership. Yep. Done. You don't even have to say don't Republican. Don't have to mention anyone's name. No. Republican or Democrat. But now you said Trump. You're like, I'm Trump supporting. And I'm like... No, we don't need that. <laughs> no. So, so you kind of mentioned why you do go to church. How about this question? What keeps you from being more faithful? Like just having faith in general. My nature as a human being, I guess. Amen to that. Especially doubt within myself. Um, and I think a big reason why I don't have faith is because I rely on myself too much instead of relying on God for what I need to rely on, on him for, which is everything. Right. And I put way too much faith in my own abilities instead of God's grace and, you know, his mercy for me. So that's something I definitely struggle with, especially, I mean, even now I've been giving glory to myself for getting this new job when it's, you know, God put me in a position to get this new job, you know. Right. He set me up for success. It wasn't, it wasn't me that did it, you know, so. I get it. Gertis? I mean, on the basis of faith, I don't really know how to answer this i've always just considered myself a very lucky person i mean you can say that it's god putting me in the right place but i've always just found myself to be lucky enough to be in the right place the right time for anything to happen like the job that i got the only reason i have my current job is because i decided to go back to school and one of my classmates is now my supervisor and she liked my work ethic and so she was like she texted me one day it was like hey how do you like your job? As I had just gotten passed up for a promotion at my old job. And I was like, well, today it just so happens I don't. What you got? And, you know, went through the whole interview process, negotiated my pay, and genuinely love where I am. The job is kind of boring itself, but I like the people that I work with. Like, on down, like, all the way up and down the uh, chain of command. Like, yes. my director's cool. <clears throat> my uh, regional vice president is cool. I can laugh and joke with them as much as I want. So just a good culture there. So to say, I don't think it's entirely me. I just know, I guess I just don't give him the credit for it because I have a hard time thanking him when there have been a few times where I kind of felt betrayed by him. For sure. I get it. Like when I almost died a year and a half ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Everyone's been doing this decade challenge. Like on Facebook. 
Uh, yeah, on Facebook. Like, this was me two years ago. helping the FBI update their profiles on people? Yes. Yeah. And I was just thinking about what a decade I've had from 2009 to 2019. Mm-hmm. Going through losing my job, not having a job for six months, getting a divorce, then losing literally every material possession I've ever owned. That's all happened to me in the past 10 years. That's a lot. Yeah. Usually people deal with, like, one major thing in their life. I've had three in only 10 years. And just thinking about that and obviously being angry, like, at God, like, what is my story? Is it Job or is it, like, Paul where I keep getting shipwrecked, like, every so often? Yeah. Like, why does this reoccurring theme keep happening in my life where it feels like I literally get shipwrecked? All the time. What is going on where this is my life trajectory? Like, I remember Stranger Than Fiction. Is your life a tragedy or a comedy? And I'm like, oh, I'm waiting for Brutus to stab me in the back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Where I've had this trajectory in the last 10 years, even further back, like tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. I've been trying to figure that out. And it's interesting to think about Paul and his life where he had he didn't have a home church. He did his own thing, went all these other places, but was also brutalized. Like he was flogged, he was shipwrecked, he was bitten by snakes, he was wrecked his entire life. And he always found faithfulness in just who God is and the fact that he was alive. And, you know, all this suffering will be, you know, awesome when we get to heaven. It will be a blessing. And I've been really just kind of meditating on that. Like, is it crazy to call myself Paul? Absolutely. I can't hold a candle to that guy. But it's like... I've had that same trajectory of getting shipwrecked. I'm just waiting to get arrested and probably beheaded. I just need <laughs> I, I need a Luke to follow me around and write notes occasionally. Yeah, It's just kind of interesting to think about that. So, And I've also learned at a very young age. I was very fortunate to take this lesson a long time ago of going, my circumstances shouldn't dictate my faith. Uh, people should also not dictate my faith. It should just be between me and him. It's what I know. It's the history of the Bible and all the knowledge that I've acquired because of this that keeps me faithful instead of, oh, my circumstances or this person treated me badly. It's no, God is still perfect and amazing. So that that is easier for me to rest on because even though I was upside down with this whole fire thing, I never lost faith. I lost myself. I lost, you know, who I was and what I was doing because I was just so blinded by everything, but I never lost my faith in that moment. It was, okay, God, I know you're going to get me out of this, but I still need to whine and complain and be human yeah, and feel what I feel. But I never questioned him. I was angry at him, for sure. I was like, what the, what, come on, really, again, again? Okay, how are we getting through this one? And then I originally wasn't going to have roommates, I'm just going to live by myself, be in my hobbit hole, not deal with anyone. And then, Curtis, you said, hey, I need a place to stay. And I was like, okay, great. Tyler, same way. Okay, great. And just all these pieces keep coming up where I'm like, okay, God, I get it. I get it. You're just always going to have a hand in, your lo- in my life, and you're always going to do something and show me something. And that's been kind of fun. Even though I ha- hit these walls, it's always God showing up in a different way. Hey, we have fun around here. We do. And it's, I mean, it's been good for me to be here because I was living by myself before and I was like, this is miserable. Well, you practically live by yourself now. <coughs> That's <But> not too <laughs> far off. <laughs> I mean, at least I have like you in passing that I can talk to <laughs> and Tyler in passing. Yeah. But 
No, it is nice to have people here mm-hmm. again. Uh, living here for the couple months that I was here after I moved in was kind of like, huh, it's really empty in here. It's really quiet. <laughs> it's really quiet. Yeah, it's just constantly God showing up and doing something in my life that's been incredible. What bothers you the most about church? Yeah. <clears throat> There's a laundry list there. <laughs> yeah. Where, <laughs> do we, where do we start? We kind of talked about it in episode one, so avoid that repeating ourselves. But I mean, I'll try, but I don't necessarily. I didn't. I listened to the podcast like right after it posted, and then I haven't really thought about it. I've had it on repeat. Wow. No. I'm okay. Joking. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Tim I mean, I was more like reflecting on the questions that I saw that we were going to be going over. So I was kind of trying to look at the future. I would say like a lot of it is my lifestyles. Like, for instance, I like drinking. <gasps> right. And I like doing. I like smoking pot. <gasps> yeah, you can get mad at me for saying it on here, but I don't really care. How do you bring that up in a church setting and not get like scolded and thought negatively of, oh, you like to drink and party and smoke and like that's not our lifestyles, so like we can't get along. And so people, not a lot of people have that mindset where they realize that they can like hang out with people like that. Like that's kind of how I got started. So I'm going to say they're probably kind of right. Is like I was at parties with friends and people were drinking and smoking. I wasn't. I was just kind of there hanging out, getting to know these people. And I did kind of fall into it. Maybe it was just circumstantial of where my life was and kind of the direction that I chose to go into. But from there, I adopted it. I like it. And I feel as though if I go back, I'll be more judged about how I choose to live my life and how I don't have any obligation to give up these things. For sure. And it's still really taboo in church. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Drew? It's taboo to be human. It really kind of is, and it's kind of sad, and it kind of makes me angry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kind of tired of the political bullshit. It's... It's an election year. <laughs> well, not not even really no, that. No, no, I'm just... Like, lit- literally, politics within the church, outside of American politics. You know what I'm saying? Like, and church how, politics? Yeah. how sometimes... Yeah. American politics do flood into church politics, right. like we already kind of mentioned. Right. But I'm, you know, it just takes me back to uh, my, when my wife worked for, she worked for a church for 13 years as kind of like a volunteer, I guess, and then <clears throat> went on part-time as a nursery coordinator. And when she took over, there was a team of people that was supposed to look after her to make sure that she was doing all right. If she had any concerns that they were there to help her solve her issues, et cetera, et cetera. And instead of doing their job like that, all they were there and all they were doing was criticizing the way that she operated things. And one of the members of this team was actually someone who used to have her job. And so instead of just instilling good habits within my wife, she ridiculed her and criticized her and scolded her for doing things differently than the way she would have done it. And first of all, in a work environment that never works to nope. begin with, and why would you ever think that doing that within a church work environment would work? I don't really know. But, you know, beyond all that, there is just it's stupid, you know? There 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 people turn church into a chore or a job instead of making it about fellowship and community and just being with other Christians and learning about God and yourself through Jesus and all this kind of stuff. And it's turned into, I don't even know what it's turning into, but it's not something that I like. I know that. And I've just come to the realization that, and don't get me wrong, if I was a, a member of staff 
on a team at, at a church, I would fall into those problems. I would definitely do it. Uh, the problem is noticing and realizing when you're you know committing these, I guess, crimes, honestly, against your congregation and doing something about it, changing. And churches don't want to change. So. No, no, they don't. They want to remain the same and keep doing the same tradition and ritual, and this is the way we've always done it, so we're going to continue to do it that way. And the moment you suggest something newer or better, they'll peacock at it and yeah. ruffle feathers and people get angry about it. And you have committee meetings and board meetings. and It's honestly just like the business world. It is. I mean, you just got a bunch of old heads running shit, and they don't want to change the way they do things just because they think that since it's been going on for so long this way, that automatically means that it's right. Right. That's never the case. You know, the world changes. We have to adapt to the world, and we have to adapt to just in general, how we perceive God's word, because it changes every day. And you can't, you can't solidify the translation of the Bible from 20 years ago and say that that applies today the same that it does now, you know? And, like, here's a great thing, and I know we've talked about this before, about women in leadership at the church. That, I think, is just horseshit. And I don't know why churches uphold that. What do you mean? Like, women can't be pastors. It's because there's a verse in, what is it, First or Second Timothy, where Paul's writing to Timothy and says, you know, don't let women speak. Also, it's also mentioned in Second Corinthians, maybe. Yeah. And it's taken out of context, I think. Yeah. Um, I think Paul's talking about a specific group of people, yeah. like, those women, those women, you right. know what I'm talking about, right. should not be... And leadership. Well, and that's another thing, too. It's unfortunate, but Christians cherry-pick the Bible. Oh, just sure. like atheists no. cherry, cherry-pick the Bible. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's important to understand the context of what you're reading, and usually no one does. Yeah, I mean, you can't just say what Paul writ, wrote to Timothy is interpreted this way and cherry pick out of it you have to look at the context you have to look at what was happening you have to look at all the history of this right to even begin to interpret what paul was talking about right and people don't want to do that and who is saying that women shouldn't lead white men yeah it's so infuriating like no stop being stupid yeah i mean here's the reality white men have had like the creme de la creme of the earth for the past what two thousand years or so, right? And we don't we don't want to give it up. I say we. I have to include myself because I am a white male. But no, it's for sure. Like who are saying that women shouldn't be in leadership? Men in leadership positions that are threatened by women mm-hmm. who are doing probably a better job than them. Mm-hmm. And you see it. In, sadly, you see it most often in churches, not in the social or the secular world. You see it in churches, and. Oh my gosh, these men in leadership who freak out when a woman comes aboard is amazing. It's like, yeah. are you not like that manly that you're threatened by this, really? Can't you realize that this person also has gifts and support them? And well, they don't have a sack, so... Right. You know, oh, it's so they can't imagine that a woman might be better than them at something. It is so sad. Yeah. It is so sad, and it makes me really angry. As a man, I want to stand up and punch that man in the face. Amen. 
and be like, listen, no, we're on the same team and we should be supporting each other, not tearing each other down. And uh, it gets political and it gets crappy. And, and going back to the adapting, like if you don't have older teenagers like 19, 18, 19 or 20 somethings or 30 somethings in your church, your church is dying. Yep. Straight up. Your church is dying. And not only a, a quite literal death, you like people are going to start dying in your church and you're not going to have a church. So you need to figure that out and stop being so stupid and adapt to change. And you can still have your rituals. You can still do your thing, but allow other people to do their things as well. The church is so lagging behind on that. And it's really sad to me. And it's so sad to me how far church is. I, I, I cannot even express it in words to see these churches only have old people in them and quite seeing, quite literally seeing Christianity come to a screeching halt because it's all these old people Yeah. instead of giving it to a new breed of people and standing aside and going, you are the leadership, lead us. I'm a hundred years old. I should probably sit on my hands for once. Right. Not saying that old people aren't gifted, but you also need to equip other people to lead. You can't always be leading. You have to be equipping other people to lead. That's how Christianity grows, is you equip other people. I've always heard the expression, working yourself out of a job. Yeah. Like, you should always be doing that. And there's these people that just don't. They want to hold on to the reins. They want to hold on to the leadership. They want to hold on to their pile of salt. And it's like, are you even producing flavor anymore? No, you're not. You're just holding on to your big pile of salt. Uh, that's a tangent for me. <laughs> it's a, and, it, and it's because years ago I was at a youth conference, um, youth specialties, in like 2009. It was in Tennessee. Um, there's like 20,000 people, all youth pastors or youth leaders, and this big conference. And Francis Chan did a message where he, this was right around the time. Do you guys know who Francis Chan is? Yeah. I do not know who Francis Chan is. He is uh he has like this ginormous mega church in California. And this is right around the time that he's like, Am I just producing a big pile of flavorous salt? And there's a Bible verse about flavorous salt and how it's worthless and it's basically dung. Like it can't even really help dung because it's so useless. It actually ruins dung because yeah. it's useless. Oh wow. Yeah. Because it's salt. I thought dung was ruined, but hey. No, like you could actually use it for fertilizer, right? Oh, okay. So if you put unflavored salt in dung... Then it would no longer be... Okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I'm with you. So Francis Chan's whole point was, like, I see all these churches as having these big piles of flavorous salt. All you're doing is holding on to this horde of people and not going anywhere, not doing anything. You're just holding on to it to hold on to it. Instead of growing people, instead of putting people, other people in leadership, you're just holding on so you can say you have the biggest group or you have the biggest church instead of actually producing something. And that has stuck with me for, what, 10 years now, 12 years now? And it's just, and now I'm actually seeing it real life. Like, that's what these churches are doing. Like, the church we've been kind of ragging on <laughs> last, last episode and this episode, like, that's what they're doing. Yeah, I can see that. They're just holding on so they can say, well, we have this big number, but how many people actually serve in that church? How many people are actually volunteering? How many people are... If there's 20,000 people that go to that church, there should be 20,000 churches around here, right? Yeah. Growing in some way. 
but no, they just all want to go into that building and sit on their hands and not do anything. Oh, you know, it's easier that way, right? You have to be a uh, completely inactive or how I how should I say passive Christian, you know, go to church every Sunday, listen to a message that probably doesn't benefit you at all, and then never act upon or live your life the way Jesus would want want you to, other than believing in Him, you know. Right. That's kind of all it is. It's just like a going through the motions type of deal. Making sure you check that box. Yeah. That makes sense. And that kind of sounds like what my family does because it's, they still go there. Like my stepdad does volunteer there. Right. My mom is really over it. Right. But I mean, I think she was burnt by the church more than I was. So the fact that she still goes to church is impressive. Right. I was like chain of events. I was burnt more because like my mom and my family was burnt. And looking back, I see how much I was thrown aside because I was my mother's son. Yeah. And I get why she has that disdain. I kind of inherited that disdain for church and death by association, unfortunately. Yep. It's the way it always is within the church too. Right. It just makes me angry. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, my parents were ridiculed for a long time because they weren't actually married. <gasps> Living right? in sin. Living in sin. Living together in the same roof with committed relationships, just not legally married. And like my mom would tell me all the time, she's like, these people, people that we've all, we all know and have talked about, like, we're more or less ridiculing them for their lifestyle. Because as uh, Christians, it's our responsibility to tell them what they can't do. To tell other do. people what they can't do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because I'm morally superior in every yeah. single way. Yep. I've never, you know, okay, I'm not going to say I've never understood that. I used to be one of those people. Because I was raised in a household where that's that's what they did, you know. Always just pointed at the people that were doing things that we weren't supposed to do. Air quotes there and uh, saying this is what you shouldn't do or this is the model of a person that you shouldn't be trying to be like. And, like, the older I get, the more the more I realize how dumb it is that we even say in our heads, like, that this person isn't welcome here because of a choice that they've made at one point in their life or this person's not welcome here because of a choice that they're making. It's like, no, God doesn't say you're not welcomed into my house because you're making mistakes at all. <laughs> and I don't know where that mentality comes from. I don't get that at all. It's even unbiblical. Yeah. Like it's the opposite of what the Bible tells us. Right? To love people as ourselves. Hello, that's a commandment that Jesus said. But also Jesus hung out with those people. I mean, he hung out with Matthew who was a tax collector. Yeah. I mentioned that in the, my blog to plug my own stuff because I'm that kind of a person. Um, Matthew was the rich guy in the group and he had a big house and he invited Jesus over because he was stealing from people. Right. Yeah. That was Matthew who later became the disciple and wrote, I don't know, a gospel. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like (laughs) who do we really think we are? Even Peter formerly Saul, who the hell was that guy? Yeah. Murdering people. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Moses, he murdered people too. David, he not only murdered his best friend and then slept with his wife (laughs) and he was called the man after God's own heart. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I suddenly don't look so bad. Yeah. When you look (laughs) at it like that, like, wow. It's like, (laughs) I haven't murdered anyone. All these people in the Bible were human. Well, it's like, where do we, where do we get this mentality that. Anything other than a what we would call a a petty sin or something like that equals like your it's not my responsibility to help you with your salvation. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? I like, feel. why do we throw people on the oh, on the wayside just because they've done something that we think we would never do? You know? I don't know. I, and I'm saying that to myself, and now I'm reflecting on things that I've said and things that I'm currently doing, and I'm a huge hypocrite. But it's like, <laughs> yep, you know, yep. I don't know. It just, uh, it sucks to see people, because I know there's a lot of people out there that don't go to church anymore, or... They don't really even have any desire to try it again because, you know, a couple of different shitty places decided that they were like, well, your sin is greater than your value as a human, so I don't want you here. Right. Yeah, for sure. I think that's why a lot of people don't (laughs) believe in Jesus. Yeah. Don't believe in Christianity or cause idiots because we are. I mean, like, it just makes me so angry. I'm losing my words. That's the rage bottles up inside me. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Humans ruin everything, so they were bound to ruin Christianity. Ruin Christianity. So. Sooner or later. But. <laughs> Sooner or later, we're going to ruin things. Because, yes, I mean, I see it all over the place that people just stop going to church because of how they were treated. And it's kind of hard for me to get back in. I could go back to the place with the people I love and go back there but like just church hopping it feels so weird and how are these people judging me and are they really loving people or are they really going to accept me you know i i drop the bomb that i'm divorced suddenly people look at me differently and weird and it's like come on come on we're supposed to love each other yeah and like the one thing that i know it's hard to remember that we shouldn't be like that or it's hard to change your stripes if you've been like that your entire life but I think even just someone pointing that out to you once, that this is something that you're doing, should be enough to spark that thought in your head that when you start thinking in these, you know, basically prehistoric ways of just nonsense and judging people, like we said, for a decision or something that's happening to them, just remember, like, what, what the hell have you done? Why are you more acceptable for the church than anybody else? So, and like leaders in church need to start recognizing that shit. They have to start recognizing that shit. Yeah. Otherwise, why the hell are you there and why are you leading people? Yeah. Because um, they certainly don't deserve to be in that position as far as I'm concerned. If they're doing stuff like that. No, I agree. You know, and like I remember like when I was in high school, right? There's plenty of, of gay kids in my class. And for me, I was getting used to that. You know, it was something that, as a kid, you didn't really see it. Or either you just weren't aware of it, right? Sure. You know, I was born in 92. I'm not, you know, I'm not an old guy or anything. But it's it's just something that really started, you know, gaining traction and getting acceptance over being gay within, I feel like, the last, like, 10 to 15 years, you know? And maybe even sooner than that. Well, I think it's been going on longer than that. I think we're just more privy to it. Right. But yeah. Well, they're no longer having to hide and fear. Right. Yeah. For their lives. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think, I'm like, you know, I know there's plenty of gay guys that I went to church with. Now that I look back on it, I'm like, these guys were clearly gay. And I, none, all of them, I know they've gone away from the church. And I know it's because of the way that they were treated for their sexual orientation. And it's like, you know, why is it that where you're putting your penis has any decision on whether or not you can be a Christian, you know? And I'm just like, whose decision is it other than God's? And why do we think we're allowed to dictate this? Right. 
and I used to be one of those people, you know, who was angry and mad at someone for making this sinful life choice. And then I finally, something clicked in my brain and it's like, these people aren't choosing this. (laughs) These are who they are. And God created them and they're still God's children. Why do we have to turn them away? Because they're different than we are. Right. You know, it just, it drives me crazy. And it also sucks thinking that I used to be one of those people, but you know, you grow out of it eventually, hopefully. Hopefully. So. I mean, newsflash, none of us deserve grace. None of us deserve heaven. We all should be put in the pit of hell and burned forever. And yet we have grace. Right. And I think a lot of people, Christians in particular, don't realize that. They want to draw lines in the sand and have holy huddles and say us but not them. Right. When it should be none of us. It's called grace for a reason. Like, I can get on a whole big, long tangent about love and how we really, it boils down to us not loving well or loving at all or breaking bread with people. Like, that's sort of what we need to be doing is loving people and breaking bread with people. And grace is more, or love is more than just forgiveness. It's grace, too. And having people come to the table, all walks of life, no matter who they are, what, what they've been doing, like, invite them to the table and we just fail so hard at that so hard at that and i think that's what's causing the rift in the church and what's causing churches to die is you it's us not them like i I have my table i have my table already set and i'm not going to invite anyone else yeah and that's why churches are on a massive decline right when a pastor says i'm too busy to have lunch with you or i'm too busy for you that's wrong right that's kind of the life that you've chosen and what you feel called to you need to be there for people you need to be accepting of people you need to have all sorts of people invited to your table yeah and no people don't do that and we wonder and we sit on these board meetings or our committee meetings and going i wonder why no one's going to church well are you actually inviting people yeah no oh that's why no one's coming to church (sighs) ah makes me so angry you guys had a lot to go at there i was just watching that whole thing i didn't want to i didn't want to chime in you guys were on too much of a roll oh. hey it's all good yeah what do you have to say curtis uh i mean i think i'm gonna go to the reddit article of the week oh yeah yeah i sent this i saw this on uh, a top post on our atheism and i sent it to you guys and i thought hmm, this makes me extremely angry yep uh, so the t- uh, title of the article is Christians in Tennessee are cheering because the governor says he'll sign a law making it harder for LGBT folks to adopt. Uh, how the fuck did gay people become the scapegoat here? Question mark. Tennessee is 81% Christian. If straight Christians would stop abandoning their goddamn children, gay folks wouldn't have to adopt them. So I think I'm actually going to come from a different direction from you guys and say I don't know what the statistics are specifically but i'm pretty sure that christians actually adopt at a higher rate than any other i think you're right religious or ethnic group they adopt way higher i i think i understand what they're going for and it's the people who are just saying they're christian but i don't think people actually give up their children people lose their children well it's the fact that this governor wants to sign a law saying that this certain group of people can't adopt Actually, it doesn't say that they can't. It's just making it harder, which is ridiculous. Why, if they want to 
have a child in their home, they want to love that child. Why would you make it harder? Right. The whole orphan system, the orphanage system is totally fucked up. Right. Because, I mean, there are cases where child services come in and they take their kid or take kids away from parents because they're not taking care of their kids. Right. They're undereducated. They're not uh, being fed. They're addicts. They're addicts. Et cetera. And more often than not, like, kids will be stripped from a good, loving, healthy home and sent back to their, like, real parents when they get clean, but then they wind up relapsing anyway and just going into this ridiculous cycle. Well, it's the fact that Christians in Tennessee are cheering this governor. No, yeah, for sure. I I mean, that's that's fucked up. Right. I'm sure the governor is probably a Republican and probably a Christian as well. Yeah. Which is why this uh, message on atheism, they're angry and a lot of the posts are anti-Christian and I can't blame them when Christians are cheering. cheering. Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. I just wanted to dispute that part of what they were saying. Like that second half, uh, pretty much everything after Tennessee is 81% Christian. I think that's facts, but everything after that part is opinion and hearsay and it's not actually grounded in fact right absolutely i think it's important to remember that just because someone says they're a christian doesn't necessarily mean they really are um and obviously it's not our responsibility to dictate who's a christian and who's not but i think there's so much misinformation and not only does like normal media but social media has really changed our perspective on who Trish, who true Christians really are. Um, and like, it seems like that's a normal thing for a Christian to do to say, Oh great. You know, it's awesome that this guy's going to make it harder for people that are living in sin. Yeah. To not adopt a child, live a happy life, you know? And it's, I don't, I don't know anyone who would celebrate that. Like I really don't personally. I know a few people that would probably celebrate that. Okay. Well, yeah. I try yeah. not to associate with people <laughs> like that, but you know, sometimes it's hard. But Right. Um, I was going to say something and I totally forgot. Hey. Uh, oh, it's this weird phenomenon in America where people, it's mostly Catholicism that they claim to be Catholic, but not even go to church or have yeah. any association with church, but they claim to be Catholic or Christian just because, well, mom and dad were. Yeah. It's kind of this weird heritage thing rather than an actual religion thing. Yeah. That America is seemingly about. Like, I'm, my parents were Christians, so that makes me a Christian. Yeah, people don't really understand what the practice of Christianity truly is. Also, Catholics, you're not Christians. So, <laughs> come, to the, real, hard. I, come I, to the realization there. You're wrong if you think you're a Christian because you're not. <laughs> Uh, I could argue, like, if they believe in Jesus, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of dumb things in Catholicism. It's just that construct, uh, the construct of Catholicism is really pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to say they aren't Christians. Well, I know some Catholics that are very hardcore Christians, like they believe in Jesus and they believe in that. But when you're, there's some Catholics that like Pope is like the incarnate of Jesus or something weird like that. Which makes no sense. Or the fact that they even pray to a priest. Yeah. It's like, no, just go to Jesus. Let me, let me rephrase then. Okay. It's not that Catholics, you aren't Christians. Catholicism is not Christianity. Okay, that's fair. That's what I'll say. That's, I think that's better. That's more realistic. Right. 
So yeah, I just saw this article and it just really that first part. Christians in yeah. Tennessee are cheering because the governor is making it harder. Like, why? It's hard to get past headlines like that, you know. Uh, you know <laughs> it's I, hard to read. You know, into. I think you may have been right earlier, Drew. What we were talking about, like. God is punishing Tennessee by not letting the Titans. I'm telling you, because I'm telling you, because this is going on. Yeah, I'm telling. That's how it works. (laughs) Love my people. (laughs) Stupid football. I love football. I know you do. I hate the NFL, but I love football. How about the XFL? XFL Battlehawks. That's gonna be great. If tickets are cheap, I'm totally going to the game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're way cheap for sure. But if it's anything like pro wrestling, I'm going to hate it. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's Vince McMahon who owns the WWE, and he's seeing this backlash in the NFL and how people are just so fed up with the rules and the refs and all this other crap, and it's now trying to actually compete with the NFL. It's his best chance right now because the first run at the XS, XFL did not go well. So Well, it took a lot more time to put the XFL together this time than yeah. the last time. Well, because the first XFL was, like, wrestling. Yeah, it was literally WWE. Like, they're doing some weird stuff. I think it's more going to be, like, football. I could be wrong. No, you're right. And the rules are, they've released some of the rules so far, and they look pretty awesome. So, Really? I haven't looked at anything about it. Yeah. <clears throat> you can look it up. There's The point system itself is, like, really interesting. It's going to lend itself to uh, higher scoring games. Hmm. Which is funny now that I say that because in the NFL defense doesn't really play a huge part these days. But I literally have not watched the game this season. That doesn't surprise me. Too. Yeah, it happens. The only game that I or the only day that I actually went and watched football was when Nick was in town. Oh and yeah, it was actually after Ryan's wedding. We went to a bar and we watched football all day. Went to the Hoss, right? Yep. And we were like one of six people there the whole day. <laughs> Sounds right. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, it was snowing. I'm I'm now reading this article and it just continually gets worse. They want to assure continued tax. Basically, it's not only LGBT families but others based on religious beliefs. And here's the shocker: everyone's been waiting for this. The GOP-controlled Senate yeah. gave the bill final passage. <sighs> this is my shocked face. And again, I'm going to tell the listeners out there: it looks exactly like my normal face. Here's the thing I have to say about that little, that adjective, not adjective, that just descriptor there. It's the GOP, right? Yeah. It doesn't, honestly, it doesn't matter that it's the GOP. It matters that it's the government in general, because the government should not have any say in that, in my opinion. uh, The real, I think the real problem is that when our government was designed, it was designed to separate religion from the government. Right. And any... Anytime you try and mix and intertwine those things, you're going against our forefathers and what this country was actually founded on. Right. Hey, newsflash, none of the forefathers were Christian. Nope. No, I know. They were deists at best. Um, Some of them were Christians, but like George Washington, he would go to church and not take communion. Yeah. He believed in God. He just didn't believe in Jesus and all that. Thomas Jefferson ripped out most of all the miracles and other supernatural stuff that happened in the Bible. Yeah, most of them did not believe in Christianity. They believed in a God. That's why you have, you know, under God. That actually didn't come in until, like, the 50s. What? Uh, Like, in the Pledge of Allegiance, One Nation, Under God. Oh, I was talking about, like, you know, the Declaration of Independence. Oh. 
We the people. Yeah. Whatever it says. The preamble. Yes. Uh, I mean, third grade me knew it, but I don't. I'm not right. excited right. anymore. <laughs> well, and the Constitution mentions God too. Yeah. Like all men are created equal under God and all mm-hmm. this stuff. It's more of a, I don't know, just a saying. It was more of a saying to them. Some of them believed in God, but sure. they weren't Christians. And I think a lot of, it's funny to get into the debate about with Christians about our founding and Christian beliefs, and I'm like, I'm a history major, and no. <laughs> no, they weren't Christian at all. Well, not the, I mean, the, so some of it. the original immigrants. The like, pilgrims. Yeah, sure. the pilgrims, they were religious for sure, but no, none of our founding fathers who wrote the Constitution, like, according to, I'm going to defer to you, trusting that you know your history since that's what you study and you talk about George Washington to me all the time. Oh, I love that man. Yeah, so I think that you're probably the go-to expert on that, saying these men were not Christian. They just wanted to create government built or built and designed around equality and not having religion interfere with government affairs. Right. And the laws. And Christians back in that time period were kind of dumb too. So it's cool. Oh, so you mean nothing's changed? (laughs) No. I mean, you had these plantation owners who owned slaves who quoted the Bible and said, this is why we should have slavery because the Bible doesn't say anything against it. Like they would rationalize racism with, Mm -hmm what the Bible says, which is a complete awful interpretation of yeah, the no, scripture. Ridiculous. Yes. I mean, there were slaves back in Bible times, but mm-hmm. my understanding of it, it was more of an indentured servitude, like the slavery, like that they could buy their way out of their slavery. And usually it was a voluntary thing that they would be in servitude until they paid their debts to whoever they owe their debts to. That was a lot of it, yes, but there was also despicable, oh, obviously, sure. yeah, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there was always human trafficking and of the sorts. Uh, it just wasn't race-based like it was in America. I mean, there was a little bit, but not like America. Like, these people are directly inferior. America be dumb. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, Abraham Lincoln wasn't as good of a guy as everyone thinks he was. No. No. He was pretty terrible, too. Yeah, he kind of sucked. <laughs> he didn't kind of suck. He just was... A racist, too. Yep. So it's cool. But he freed the slaves. He did. He did free the slaves based off of pressure and... Yeah, to win a war. To win a war and mostly economic reasons rather than... Like the actual morality of it. Yeah. He made it morality later, but, you know. Hey. There was a couple of good guys, like uh, James Madison was really against slavery. Yeah really against slavery. Um, he did not want to do the compromise whatsoever, and he was one of the people that wrote parts of the Constitution as well. I mean, Thomas Jefferson was one that penned it, but it was really kind of Madison's idea. Um, Madison was violently, almost violently against slavery until it was like, we're not going to have a country unless we compromise with this. So if you read the uh, Constitutional Convention, which, yes, I have, uh, there's a whole lot of... Uh, uh, oh, we'll push that off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like them just going, well, everyone's going to be mad about this, so let's not talk about it. Right. <laughs> and that's how our country was founded. Fair enough. <laughs> it was very glue and duct tape and paper clipped together. I mean, that also doesn't really surprise me. I'm not saying that like the democracy that was formed was a perfect system. It was, I mean a really smart system of the fact that we can change things, change the laws based for our times, but it's still not a perfect system. 
No, absolutely not. And they kind of designed it that way to be imperfect, so we could change it later. Mm-hmm. Which is why we should vote and have a revolution and, you know, take over the government and stuff. Yep. So any other comment? Well, I guess I could ask this question. What keeps you from serving in church or serving at all? Uh, how would you define serving? Like doing anything for the church. I mean, I haven't found a church that I would be willing to work alongside those people with. Fair. I mean, if I, you know, if we're going to be working out in the sun all day, I would like to have a nice cold beer. <gasps> right? And Jesus drank wine. That's yeah, he sure did. He was probably the best at it, too. <clears throat> According to my grandparents, that was grape juice. No. no. That's real. Mm-hmm. They actually believe that. No. It talks in the Bible, like, when he was turning water into wine, like. Yeah, I know. Usually, like the guy actually says to Jesus, usually they bring out the best wine when, or the worst wine when people are all drunk. You're bringing out the best. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> yeah my grandparents <laughs> firmly believe that's grape juice. Yeah, well, they're wrong. Yeah. It was probably actually higher alcohol back in those times than it is today. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't regulated. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't regulated, and it was like, well, uh, 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 and then, Let's put it all in there. Right? <laughs> Tastes good? Great. Great. Probably way more ferment- fermented. Just saying. So, yeah, your parents are wrong. Or grandparents are wrong. Yes. Don't all of their kids drink? Like, a, a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't drink at all. Except for my mom. Your mom doesn't drink? No. Hmm. I didn't drink for the longest time. That's the story in itself. I didn't start drinking until I was 21. I stopped drinking when I was 16. Yeah. I started drinking when I was 17. I was sober. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I guess I could tell that story. I'm such a stupid kid. Well, yeah. That's probably why I'm only 5'7". Maybe. Maybe. I probably stunted my growth. Yeah, from... I had uh, older friends um, who was a couple years older than me, like three years older than me, and then he had a friend that was a couple years older than him, and that's how we got the alcohol. And so I started drinking when I was 12. Yeah. I'd sneak out of the house, (laughs) just drink. Um... I did that all the way up until I was 16, so even when I was still going to New Life. And the, one of the last times I drank, 16, I was a freshman in high school. I was a wrestler, so I was kind of built. I was kind of, you know, in good shape. And I remember I was at my friend's house. I drank a half a bottle of Jack Daniels at a buck 30. I weighed a, <laughs> 130 pounds, and I drank that much, and I'm like... I remember everything that we were doing. We were playing one of the Grand Turismo games. I remember getting up and just walking home, putting in the passcode for the garage, and going to my bedroom, just going to bed, not being hungover, not really being affected by it, and then waking up and going, I'm going to kill myself if I keep doing this. Right. You, No one at the age of 16 should be able to drink that much and be completely fine. Right. It's going to, I'm going to hit a wall. So that's when I just stopped drinking. And then I met Heather, who had a problem with it, um, drinking, and I had stopped. I just was like, you know, it's not worth it. If she is having issues with it, then fine, we'll just be dry. So then I was dry up until she left, and I was like, hey, hey, party's back on! <laughs> <laughs> and then I started drinking again. Yeah, I started drinking because girls. Yeah, that doesn't. Liquid courage. Liquid courage. And then I just, like, translated that into real courage, eventually. Where I realized it doesn't really matter what I say. If you start talking to them, they're probably going <laughs> to laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, 
So any final thoughts? I'm pretty tired. I think I said my piece. You said your piece? Yeah. Yeah, I said my piece. It's been a long, well, it's not really been a long day. It's been a lot of doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's we my had, fault. We had a little bit of miscommunication about what we were doing today. <laughs> That's my fault. <laughs> oh, good. I had planned for to do this on Saturday, and then I was like, I don't feel like doing anything. And then Sunday happened, I'm like, I don't feel like doing anything. And then today happened, and I'm like, huh. All right. <laughs> I guess I'll I mean, that was just kind of the feel of the house. Like, I, I think it was Saturday that I was like, oh, I'm going to clean up the kitchen and like started. And then I went and took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this. <laughs> this is dumb. I don't know what it is. It's something in the water or something. I'm just tired. And it's probably because I'm not working out and I'm incredibly fat. And so I'm just tired all the time. And it's freezing outside. So who really wants to do anything the when cold, it's cold? Really? It really takes it out of you. With you. I guess. I mean, I've always loved winter, and I get, like, anti-seasonal depression in the wintertime. Yeah. Usually, but I don't know. I'm just tired. No, I'm very lethargic in the winter. I love the summer. I hate the summer. I, I hate summer, too. <laughs> I, I really just hate the sun, so. It makes me Vampire sad I can't see the sun. <laughs> I hiss at it and run away. <laughs> <laughs> People don't believe me when I say I I can sunburn and get paler, and then I finally show them. They're like, "Oh yeah, you actually do. You get paler in the sun." I guess stop being stupid, people in church. I thought you were talking to me. Yes, like, <laughs> you too. Stop being stupid. Sorry, Tim. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I can go on a big long tangent about this. Um, we just need to love better. Like that's it. We just need to love better. We need to be more accepting of people and people's flaws. And I, I've been meditating on this and thinking about this for a while now. Like Jesus washed Judas's feet, and that thought has not got out of my brain, and it's becoming a warm in my brain. Like he washed his betrayer's feet, looked him up and down, broke bread with him, and then washed his feet. And then yet we are here complaining at each other and arguing with each other and being stupid and not allowing people to come to our table and Jesus is like, nah, bro, be like me. And we're just being ignorant and stupid about it. And I don't know. Something's got to change in order for Christianity to grow, to get out of its basement, its parents' basement. Like it has, there's gotta be a movement of some, some sort of going, no, we should be actually loving each other. Like, I don't have words anymore. Like just love each other and be encouraging of each other, actually support each other, break bread with each other instead of shunning people, instead of pushing people away, like actually just love each other and we would all be better for it. Um, or all better together as a community, as different thoughts and, um, yeah, just different thoughts and different insights and arguments and debate. Like, we're better if we actually talk about things and actually have conversations with different people instead of being in our chosen holy huddle where we're all just the same. We're all just saying yes to each other. Like, no, let's break bread. Let's talk about it. Let's love each other and, and do something about this. Let's have different people thinking and having different thoughts. Like, why are we just so closed in and having this walled garden where we're not accepting of people like we need to love each other we need to push each other to be better and we're just not doing it we want to 
have our big pile of flavorous salt and be happy on that and center our mountain instead of going, no, let's actually have flavor. Let's actually talk. Let's actually have conversations. I don't agree with you on this point. Let's break bread and figure it out and love each other. Like, where in the Bible does it say you you can't disagree with people? Where does it say in the Bible not accept everyone? It right. doesn't. Jesus was the most accepting pe- person on the face of this earth, and we're supposed to be more like him. Why can't we do that? And I think it's because of our own ego and pride and bullcrap that we do. A lot of it's ego and pride. Oh, yeah. I think. That's a whole other thought process for me. Um, so that's my final thoughts on why church sucks <laughs> it does yeah i i agree with that and i mean kind of circling back around a lot of why i don't go to church is because i mean like the people i work with all of my friends i love the people i work with if they ever had an issue like i've had one of my coworkers a couple months ago just call me up and say hey i'm drunk can you come and get me 100 percent. just did it one of my favorite people like and i just try and love people even if i disagree with them and don't agree with some of their views but I'll still hang out with them. Right. It's kind no of no matter worse. how hard you try and push your agenda on me. Like, yeah. No. Why does everyone have to have an agenda too? That's a whole other topic. Like just freaking shut up. Love each other. Stop pushing an agenda. Even though I'm like, Hey, follow my blog and podcast. We run on anything political agendas. They're the worst. Oh uh, Yeah. At least we're not being subliminal with our... No, we're going to be straight up in your face. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of don't hold things back here. Yeah. Which is kind of the way I designed it. Yeah, that's kind of how we wanted to be. Yeah. And so I think that's the show. Um, Visit the website, uh, betweenalphaandomega.com. Comment on it. Go to the contact form. You can say anything you want. It'll go to the email that we all have access to so we can respond. If you're like, hey, Drew, you're stupid, you can say, hey, Drew, you're stupid, and Drew will read it and see that he's stupid and comment on it. And I'll We're be all fucking read it. pissed. <laughs> We're all reading it and be like, hey, Drew, someone said you're stupid. What you got to say about that? I'll be like, all right, listen. 49ers fan 0285 at gmail.com. Listen here. The Chiefs are God's chosen team. It's not true, but also, yeah. It's just funny to say. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. funny to say. So, visit the website. You can email us and talk to us. Read my latest blog where I talk exclusively about my car that you don't care about. Yeah, let us know. Love you. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.